Today's podcast is brought to you by CrossNet, the world's first four-way volleyball net. Set up easily in sand, grass, indoors, or on the blacktop. The perfect game for outdoor enthusiasts as it is combined with volleyball and four-score rules in a game to 11 and win by two. All right, on today's Court Vision, I welcome on a very special guest, Michelle Tech. She's a professional basketball player and author of The Reality Behind the Glamour of College Athletics. Michelle, how are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing really well. Uh, how are you holding up during these uh, crazy times right now? You know, it's hard right now, but I'm just trying to stay positive as much as I can, um, staying inside. I know everything has opened up, but I'm just waiting it out to see how it goes um, and how everybody does that's currently outside, but just trying to stay positive for the most part. I think that's the best part. Uh, yeah, trying to stay positive is the best way to do it. It's like, yeah, it is because everything's opened up, but you don't want to really take that risk yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's too early. Um, what are you doing to, like, you know, keep ready for the basketball season? Well, right now we don't really know when the basketball season is going to start because of everything that's going on. So for me, um, in order to stay in shape, just in case, you know, it just comes on um, in a matter of two months or three months or even a month, I am working out every day. Um, Our track, um, my old high school track currently is open. Um, And so I go in there, I go maybe... I sometimes go in the morning or at night and I get a workout in, do some bleachers, uh, run a mile or two, do some um, ladder work, just stuff to keep me still in shape um, until I'm able to get on the court and do some court work. Damn, you make me feel out of shape. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awesome, though. That's great that you're able to, you know, at least get that access to the track and uh, um, your, of your old high school and still work out and uh, keep keep yourself ready for the season. Is there any signs or anything like that? Have anyone reached out to you at all? Um, regarding? About, like, the season starting or anything like that or no? Um, well, I mean, I've talked to my agent. My agent has um, – we're still in communication, um, and he's basically told me, what's going on overseas right now and how this pandemic is basically affecting the markets overseas Mm -hmm. and how it's basically changing the economy and um, just how it's shifting everything. Because I feel like um, a lot of people don't realize it's affecting the whole world and and, in more ways than others. Um, And so we're just thinking, Hey, you know, we can't go outside. We can't, some of us can't work. Well, it's affecting everybody around the world in so many different ways. So um, for him right now, he's reaching out to all the clients that he represents and he's getting us to understand, hey, the economy is changing, you know, the the leagues that you're looking at, you know, you know, some leagues might not even have foreigners uh, next season, depending on how long this lasts, you know, wow. money's going to be looking a little different, just things as a basketball player, because I mean, that is our job as well. Um, yeah. and so our jobs will be affected and, and all. So that's basically it. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Yeah, hopefully everything works out. Um, yeah, like you said, we are we are all in this together. It's just a weird time, and uh, every, it's affecting everyone in some way and somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to take a step back. Um, you know, at what age did you start playing basketball? I started playing organized basketball when I was a freshman. So I think I was like what fifteen, right? Um, yeah, <laughs> 15, <laughs> fifteen years old. <laughs> And honestly, I've told this story maybe a million times now, but it was my first time actually playing basketball, not just organized basketball, but basketball overall. 
Um, and it was a really, it's a, it was a new experience just because I wasn't watching the game before I started. I didn't really know anything about the game. I just, I saw kids playing. I was like, Hey, I want to try that. Like, that looks fun. You know, yeah. I'll try that. And so I tried out for my, uh, freshman, uh, basketball team. Um, and l- listen, Jeff, I was terrible. Okay. Like, I, <laughs> I sucked. I, you would like, if you saw film on me then, and you saw film on me now, you'd be like, this is not the same. Athlete, yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's when I started playing and that, it just continued after that. That's crazy. So like, how did you like, how much work did you put in? And like, you know, when did you start to realize that you were separating yourself from the competition? Um, I think I started realizing that I was separating myself from the competition when people started telling me like I was actually good. Um, and I think <laughs> I really, <laughs> I think I realized that after my development, uh, developmental stage in my sophomore year, um, my freshman year was kind of like, uh, Hey, this is an introduction to basketball 101, you know, yeah. this is, these are the rules. This is what you do. And then sophomore year, and it's so crazy because I didn't really get any type of training work or anything. It was just me picking it up. Um, sophomore year, I was I was really good, way better than my freshman year, and I was doing really good. And um, and then after that point, I was like, hey, like the way I was playing and the potential that I had and the potential that people were telling me I had, I kind of just started understanding, hey, like I'm not just playing the sport anymore just to play or because I'm interested. I'm actually pretty good. And I might have a future in this. And that's when I started to maybe think a little differently, you know, start to think about college and scholarships and all of that. That's crazy. That's crazy. It just says about <clears throat> something about you as an athlete and like, and how much work you hard work you had put in to kind of make that jump from your freshman year, which you said you were terrible. And then you went into your sophomore year and you just took a, a sound like you took a giant step and then it sounds like mm-hmm. it kept, kept going and kept going. Um, that's just crazy. That's, that's, that, those are like, those are crazy stories to hear. That's amazing that starting at that young, it's that, I mean, that like <laughs> at age 15 to start is that's wild. And to be, you know, to have been recruited um, and be recruited and play division one basketball. That's, that's wild. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then what was your recruiting process? Like speaking of recruiting. My recruiting process at the time, you know, I didn't really know about recruiting and I didn't really know too much about the universities and colleges that were recruiting me or the basketball programs that were recruiting me. Um, so it was a learning process, honestly, through the whole journey, throughout my whole journey. And um, I had my high school coach that was helping me. I also had my, uh, I played AU. My first year playing AU and my last year was uh, the summer of my junior year going to my senior year. So my AU coach um, was helping me as well, um, you know, talk to these colleges and get to know them a little bit, you know, get to know their programs and, you know, just them as people, you know. Um, And so recruiting for me was interesting. It was, I would say it was tough just because uh, my parents were really involved. So it was just me and my college coaches, I mean, my high school coach, um, just kind of figuring out the process as we went. Um, And I didn't really know too many people that were already in college that was going through the process so I couldn't really call them up and be like hey you know when you were getting recruited what did you do what did you say you know what were you looking up what were you researching so it was just me just researching everything by myself but in the end I think um everything worked out the way it was supposed to work out and um I would say my journey was a unforgettable one and an <laughs> interesting one <laughs> yeah and, and like and was North Texas like your first choice or was it just like a uh yeah, so 
Um, I chose North Texas because of the coaching staff that was there. Um, I felt like they were genuine and they were really interested in me as a person as well as an athlete. And I also, um, you know, UNT is a good school academically as well. And so I thought that was my home um, or, or I knew that was my home. So I committed there. Um, after that point, my journey kind of took a turn, <laughs> but uh, that's basically how I made my decision. Um, just like the people and during the recruiting process, you know, you kind of tend to be drawn to people that are, that show interest, right? And you yeah. genuinely, you know, that want you there, you know, because they see value in you and more than just an athlete as a person. And they want to be able to provide you that growth and, you know, help through your process. And so I saw that within the people that were recruiting me and I saw the potential and the progress that we could make together. And that's why I decided on North Texas. And when you say that your journey took a turn, what do you mean by that? Well, um, you know, a lot of athletes today, you, you sign with a coach with a school, and then unfortunately, sometimes your uh, coach might get an opportunity elsewhere, Yeah. Um, or might get fired, whatever the case is. So in my case, my coach um, got a really great opportunity to go coach at a really big school. And so um, they took that opportunity. And so I basically was left to figure everything out on my own um and then played under a good coach as well and um, just went through that process with different coach but I wasn't he they weren't prepared for me like the new coaching staff they weren't really prepared for me and I wasn't prepared for them because it was more of like a sudden thing yeah Um, but I think in the end I think we made it work and you know did the best that we could I did the best as I could as I I did the best I could as an athlete and I think they did the best they could as a coaching staff and I think that's how that went. So uh, that's good. That's really. I, I'm glad that worked out. I mean, um, that's that's always tough though when you sign for someone and then all of a sudden something happens and right. You, know, you have to make you have to make that adjustment. That's that is tough. And like you know, um, your sophomore year, you suffered a, like a season injury. How did you bounce back from that? Man, um, coming from someone that only ever twisted their ankle in high school, um, it it was really tough for me because it was my first time dealing with injuries, you know. When you're someone that hasn't been through a really tough injury, once you face that first injury, you're like, oh, my gosh, my life is over. What's going on? So at first I was kind of freaking out, you know, because surgery was brought into the mix. And I was like, surgery, what? Am I going to play again? (laughs) How is my career going to go now? Like, Am I going to be the same person? Um, So there was a lot of uncertainty regarding that particular injury um, and everything. But through it all, honestly, although it was like a really tough, it was tough for me mentally um, and obviously physically. But I think I just tried to um, try to keep in mind my wife and why I play the sport and what my future um, was going to look like and what I wanted to look like. And I just kept that in mind and that that was what motivated me to keep going and to continue to rehab, do everything that my athletic trainer told me, the doctor told me and be able to come back um, and still be a good player, you know, because sometimes we athletes think that when you get an injury and some injuries do kind of end your career to where you're not the same athlete. Yeah. Um, and then some injuries do that to a certain degree, but they kind of help you be a better player when you come back because you come back not taking advantage of the game. So you're, you're more, you're, you know, you're more powered up. You're more like, you know, involved and you're more like hype about the game. Um, and then you also tend to use other parts of your body that you probably weren't using before the injury. Um, and so 
it kind of developed me as a player as well. And it kind of changed my mindset. And actually, I mean, I wouldn't want to wish an injury on myself or anybody. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But that one just kind of showed me a a different perspective. And I think it kind of played into my purpose now and what I'm doing. So I think everything happens for a reason, no matter good or bad. So I just took it with a grain of salt. So. Yeah, that that's good. I mean, that's that's a side of mental toughness um, too on your behalf to kind of you know, like you said, you just kept thinking like you know you love the game and you wanted to bounce back from it, and as well as too, it's like it's funny how an injury makes you like kind of almost makes you better in some sort of way. Like you had mentioned, it's it's always it's weird to hear other people's like um, stories too when they get injured because sometimes they have like a hard time bouncing back or like trying to figure it out and like. Like you said, it, it does mess. It can like it can mess with your mind, but that's great that you were able to get that mental toughness and keep mm-hmm. pushing through. And like you had one hell of a career uh, at North Texas. I mean, you had a, a lot of ac- accomplishments. You were like one of the top most efficient forwards in their in their uh, North Texas history. Like, what is that feeling of you know coming back from that injury and create getting all these accomplishments? Um. Honestly, for me, I've never measured if I was a good athlete or not by the accomplishments I I, I got within the sport. Um, But it was, I mean, that is such an honor to be able to say, um, to say that I was one of the, you know, most efficient forwards in North Texas history. But I think I I just have so much in me as an athlete and I want to just be able to keep going and, and keep getting better every, you know, every day. And I think my story and my journey isn't done yet, you know, so there's, yeah. there's, there, there's more that you're going to hear about and more that I want to do. And so that doesn't really, I, I wouldn't think that defined me or defines me. Um, it just fuels me to keep going and, and you know, and continue to be a, a good athlete and a great athlete at the professional level, you know, um, but to leave, uh, you know, a legacy like that, a small legacy like that, or whatever you want to call it or term it, I think it's good, you know, and, and as an athlete, you should be proud of that, especially at a, you know, school you competed at for four years and gave it everything you got. So it, it I mean, it, it, it feels good. It feels really good, but I know there's so much more than I can accomplish and get done. Can I get you to like speak to like, my basketball players and stuff like that <laughs> you, you, you are just like uh such a uh like you have such a drive just like it's a top level drive that you don't really like hear or like uh you know see too much but it just sounds like you feel like it just sounds like you could you feel like you're ready to accomplish more and you just like you're ready to keep going and keep going and keep mm-hmm. going and I, I love it I love I love the attitude yeah, most definitely. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, it's 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 awesome. It's great. It's a uh, kind of refreshing. Um, what and like when did you know that you wanted to make? You know, I, I think I know what when, but like you know, when when did you want to make this like sport your a career of it? You know, um, I know that you're very passionate about it, but like when did you know that you were ready to go pro? I would say I knew when I understood and realized that I was good enough to go pro. Um, I think a lot of athletes, I think going pro, a lot of people think it's, it's such an easy thing to do. You just think, oh, I want to go pro and you just go pro and it happens. It really doesn't happen like that. I feel like as an athlete, you have to be able to physically perform to go pro and you also have to be mentally prepared to go pro and be confident in yourself and know that you can go pro. And so when I realized, hey, I already had the physical because, you know, I had people backing me up saying, hey, you're good enough to do this, you know, and I already knew it myself. But once I realized, hey, like, 
you can compete at that level and you can compete with those girls. That's when I knew, Hey, I want to go pro, you know, once you admit that and you realize that and you, you know, take a hold of that, of you realizing, Hey, you can actually do this. Then, you know, you set out to do it. And that's what I did. And, um, you know, I had a, a really good connection, you know, especially with my head coach at the time at North Texas. She's still there right now, Jaylee Mitchell. Yeah. Um, she was able to connect me to my first agent. Um, and that's how the ball, you know, started rolling. You know, she knew all along that I wanted to play pro and, um, you know, got me an agent. So I didn't really have to do that on my own because a lot of athletes today do that on their own. And they are faced with, you know, bad agents that don't really have their best interests at heart um and so I was able to get connected to my first agent and that's how the whole process started for me but for me to it was just realizing hey I can play at that level so bring it on and then (laughs) you know kind of kind of happened that's that's awesome and uh what's it like playing you know overseas like what's what's the experience of like playing overseas like what's the crowds like how like how like much do they love their basketball over there um, it depends on, like, you know, it depends on um, the country that you're playing in. Mm. Um, but when I was in Switzerland, you know, they loved their basketball where I was. Um, Czech, they loved their basketball. And uh, Greece really loved their basketball. Like, our fans were phenomenal. Um, but being overseas, it's like a different experience. You know, you're in a foreign country that you've probably never traveled to before you're meeting foreign people that you're trusting you know yourself with you know yeah Um, and uh you're playing with people that you've never played with before I think we kind of uh disregard that part like you're playing with athletes that you've never played before so the how you know you don't know how the the team is going to work you don't know if you guys are going to gel together but at this level you're you know professional now so it's all about going in doing your job and then letting the rest work itself out you know it's not like a college team where it's like team is important you know you need to do this with the team let's you know go out and hang out with the team to build team you know bonding and all that it's more so like hey you're a professional you're paid to come here do your job if you don't do it well you get cut if you do it well great you know what i'm saying yeah um but it's really fun i love it um i'm a travel-minded person and I'm able to be in places by myself Um, a lot of athletes really come back or stop playing because they can't do that they can't be alone they can't be elsewhere where you know the the language they don't know it's foreign they can't communicate with people well um, and they're afraid to go out and do stuff and adventure on their own but I enjoy stuff like that and I embrace it and so I feel like that's why I found some success in that you know realm of you know I like traveling Um, I get to do what I love you know get paid for it um, meet new people, connect, connect with different people, network, network with different people. Um, yeah, I think it keeps me young. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It sounds like, a, I mean, you are, you are still young. It sounds like a win-win. It sounds like a win-win situation. I, uh, yeah. that's, that's amazing because you get to travel, you get to meet, yeah, you're doing everything that you just said. You're doing all the dreams that you can do. I'm, I'm jealous. I, you need a, do you need a manager on the road or anything like that? <laughs> I'll let you know if they do. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I, I can get food. I can do good <laughs> do things like that. <laughs> I'm always, yeah, it was pretty sweet. I mean, and I, like this is totally like how good is the food over like in Greece and like, you know, like how hard is it not to like go to eat at all these like restaurants and have these this really good food? You know what, Jeff? Like literally it's, it's sometimes tough, but it depends on where you are because there's certain countries that are, 
kind of have that American culture a little bit yeah. <clears throat> in terms of food. So you're okay. You, you can survive 10, nine months, 11 months, however long you're there, eight months, you know, yeah. without, you know, missing American food so much. But then there's those countries that are more so cultural based and it's all about their culture, their custom. Yeah. So they don't really have that American taste. And so mm-hmm. you're, you're having to really um, cook more, maybe, you know, go grocery okay. shopping and cook more or try different stuff and get out of your comfort zone and try their foods. Um, but in Greece, uh, Greece was, Greece was good. Actually. I wasn't, um, they had Americanized food, so I wasn't really, uh, like starving myself. Yeah. Okay. Or, <laughs> That's <laughs> good. It didn't suck on the, you know, on the food aspect of it. Um, so I was able to find chicken. I was able to find <laughs> stuff that I would eat in the States. Um, as well as like, you know, try their cultural food. So it wasn't that bad. Um, I think, for me, Switzerland was a culture shock um, at first, just because I was introduced to their cultural foods before I was introduced to the other aspect of, hey, we have a, some American stuff too. Here, try it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but other than that, yeah, it just depends on where you are and how heavy they are on their culture. Um, but you can always find stuff here and there that you can make. I know a lot of athletes, when they go overseas, they turn to cooking more, you know, because a lot of them might not want to, you know, try the traditional foods or not open to that. Um, so there's that, you know, option of, you know, making your own meals at home. Nice. That's that's really nice. Yeah, I'd, I'd be, it'd be interesting. I think I'd, if I was in Italy, I think I'd struggle. I think I'd probably eat pasta every day and just blow up like a, a tick. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's... Yeah, it'd be, it'd be struggling for real. For yeah, real. <laughs> it'd be really tough. But, um, <laughs> you know, what has, besides the, like the food, but like what has been your favorite experience playing overseas? And like, is there a game that you remember most? Um, okay. I, you know what? I just I I just like the atmosphere of getting the opportunity uh, to continue to play my sport overseas and, you know, experience different cultures and play with different styles of, of you know, of play. Like when you're in America, you're you're playing against Americans. Right. So your yeah. style of play is it's kind of consistent throughout the system, like, you know, middle school, high school, college. You know, the style of play is, is the same. But once you go to Europe, you're playing with Europeans that play differently. Right. Yeah. or um, that understand things differently or do things differently. So I think it's kind of cool to be able to see the difference in the, you know, in the physical sense, you know, of how they play and how they, you know, um, how they go into games, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's so crazy because I realized finally, over like Europeans aren't, they don't get hurt as much as Americans do. <laughs> and yeah. I've been trying to understand why that is. I've been trying to understand if it's how they train because I feel like they don't, they don't use a lot of their, I don't, I, I've been, I don't know what it is exactly. I'm, I'm doing research on it and I will let you know, oh, but really? <laughs> it's, it's just crazy. Like how, how they're able to move, how they're able to play and their body type and how Americans are built and how we play yeah. and then be able to compete against them and play with them. I think that's really interesting. And I've enjoyed that um, a lot. So that's really yeah. cool. That's, that's different. I never, I never heard of that perspective before of how like they don't really yeah. get hurt a lot or anything. And that's, that's actually pretty cool research. If you can actually like see what they're doing. Yeah, I think they preserve their bodies a little bit more than we do as Americans. And I feel like it's because maybe the workouts that we do are just too harsh on our bodies 
um, then, I mean, I don't have any facts to support this. It's just the things that I've seen and the things that I've heard from my teammates overseas. Yeah. Um, but I kind of started thinking on it. And I was like, this is crazy. Someone needs to research this. Yeah. <laughs> so we understand. That'd be awesome if you could like, you know, find a way how to do it, like, you know, like figure it out and like use that, like bring it over back here and help train kids yeah. and see if that would work out. Cause that's, that's super interesting. Maybe it is like, cause we do a lot of like, maybe it's a lot of weight training that we do or we're just like too hard on our bodies that it breaks right. down, you know, especially mm-hmm. at a young age. I mean, we exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We're, mm-hmm. We beat ourselves up. I'm like, I know I still feel injuries every now and then, but I'm also <laughs> yeah, really a lot old. Of them last. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them last. Like I've, um, I've seen, and played with people that were like 30, 35, 40, you know, 40 years old. And I'm like, how is this possible? How are you still playing at that age and be able to move up and down the court um, as, as women, not even as men, but as women, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of interesting. That's really that. interesting. I hope that'd be really cool. I hope uh, you get a, another book out there with that. <laughs> that'd be awesome to check that out and read that. Um, was your season affected by the COVID out there? Was it cut short? It was. Yes, it was cut short um, by the pandemic. And at first, because at first it wasn't that, it was it didn't really hit every country. It was just certain countries. Yeah. So everybody was trying to see what was going to happen. And so leagues didn't really cancel. Um, they were just kind of suspending it for a certain amount of time. But I think once they got to a big deal and it was affecting other countries and then it started affecting the whole world, then they were like, hey, you know what? I think we're going to, cancel um our leagues and then some actually just kept their leagues in suspension mode and didn't really touch it or do anything with it um but i was supposed to supposed to come back um like late april early may yeah uh but i came back in march because you know we heard things well when we were overseas we're hearing things um of people saying in america that um trump was closing borders and if you don't come now then you're stuck and we were just panicking me and my teammate me and my american teammate we were panicking we're like what is going on in the state yeah um and, and so we reached out to our gm of the program and we're like hey um, I don't know what you guys are doing with the league, um, but if it's being suspended or canceled, we'd love to go home so we can be with our families while this thing um, is going on and not be stuck overseas, you know. Um, and they're like, yeah, of course. And so they bought us our tickets and we came home. I know some athletes stayed overseas. I don't know how that was, they were able to make that work. But, um, yeah, my season was definitely affected. Uh, that sucks. Yeah, that's got to be tough, too. Um have a season cut short and have to try to figure out, like, flying home and, like, how to get home and, like with all this right. going on and the it sounds like it sounded like a bit of panic too because the borders are closing and you just don't know you don't know what to do um, right that, that's tough um but well i'm glad that you're safe and i'm glad that you're healthy that's like the two uh most important things and i hope your family's healthy um but let's i want to shift gears here too um now you wrote a book um it's called the reality behind the glamour of college athletics can you tell the listeners about it i I read the summary about it. I'm actually going to buy it because I'm very interested about it. Um, but can you tell the listeners about what your book's about? Yeah, of course. So um, my book is about basically the title tells it all. It's about the reality of college athletics because I think a lot of times when we talk about college athletics or look at college athletics, we just think it's this glamorous, you know, world where nothing wrong, you know, happens and athletes are just happy because they have scholarships and everybody's and there's just a whole bunch of success and nothing really happens um 
And I'm here to kind of just go, go go against the grain a little bit and say, hey, there's a lot of things that happen in college that a lot of people don't talk about, especially um, to athletes. And I was um, inspired by this because my journey um, being recruited and then going through the whole athletic system was um, kind of crazy in a way. Um, it didn't go how I thought it would have gone. And so many things happened with injuries. Um, mental health situations, um, and then being able to um, just look at the academics and how it's set up for athletes, and all of that just kind of inspired me. And then when my sisters, I have two sisters right now. There's one in college; she plays at Texas A&M Commerce, and then one that's going to TCU in the fall. Um, when they were going through their recruitment stage, I was there to help them. I was there to guide them and tell them, hey, these are the questions you should be asking coaches to see what kind of program they have, you know, what kind of academic setup they have. Important questions that athletes should be asking before they sign their letter of intent, knowing exactly what they're getting themselves into. Um, a lot of athletes don't really have the support system they need to be able to, be able to make decisions, important decisions like this, because you're going to be spending your whole entire life, at, I mean, four years of your life at this school, and if you're just picking it because you like the coach, you know, or if you're just picking it because your friend told you to pick it or your mom, um, or if you're just picking it because it's a top tier school, the top division one school, then, and you know nothing about it, your experience might not happen the way you think it is. Because um, I think that, especially in, in college athletics, a lot of athletes don't take their education seriously. Um, and that's one of the important factors that I've mentioned in this book. Um, a lot of us just choose a major just to choose a major um, and be able to play and then thinking that we're all going to go pro and only 2% of us go pro. So the other 98%, what are they doing with their lives, you know, after they graduate? Um, and I think in college athletics, you know, the graduation rate is, you know, it's emphasized, hey, a lot of athletes are graduating. 88% um, of athletes are graduating. Well, what are they graduating in? What are they doing? Um, and I was really concerned and um, really all about athletes and what they do. Um, and I'm very passionate about athletes because I feel like a lot of people don't really take care of us the way they're supposed to. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's the inspiration behind this book is telling you, giving you information like, hey, this is what you're going to face in college athletics. This is what people don't tell you. Um, you know, and I give them pointers on recruitment, you know, questions they should be asking, research they should be doing. I talk about financial aid versus athletic aid, the difference in how you need to approach each one. I talk about academics, taking your education seriously, being mindful when you're talking to these athletic advisors and not letting them persuade you or influence you into picking certain majors because they can. I talk about competition because a lot of high school athletes don't really know what competition is like in college. They think, hey, I'm a star in high school. I'm going to be a star again. Well, no, you're rebuilding again. You know, you're playing against elite athletes. So you need to be prepared for that. Um, I talk about social media and how certain athletes are hyped up coming out of high school and they don't realize the reality of what college athletics is. And then mm -hmm. they, you know, fall on their, on their, um, on their butts because nobody's really telling them the truth. It's just, it's kind of puffed up a little bit, you know, it's like, Hey, you're this good. Come to my school. You know, I know you're going to do great here. And then they get there and it's, it's different. There's a yeah. shift and they don't understand what's going on. And that's, I think that's why a lot of athletes transfer or a lot of athletes develop this, you know, mental health, mental health issues where they think they're not good enough, you know. So, so many things happen in college athletics that a lot of people don't discuss yeah. or talk about. Um, and that's basically what it's all about. And there's so many more topics that I discuss um, in the book. Oh, wow. That's, yeah, I mean, it's true. I mean, I don't think a lot of people realize the, um, 
what happens in recruitment. Um, and I love that you have this out. Um, and it's definitely like something I'm definitely going to buy and read because I'm, I'm interested to hear about it itself. Um, you know, but like, you know, is there like things when kids are getting recruited, like the questions that you ask a coach is like, do you think kids should focus on style of play or education? Like what's like, what do you think would be like the best fit, like suggestions on, on that information? Like, like what question, what kind of questions they have to ask? During the recruitment process? Yeah. Yeah. Like, is it like, I know, like I've heard stories of guys getting recruited and then someone else like, like get like a, they'll rec- they'll say like the system's going to be played for them and then they'll Mm -hmm. recruit another star and then it just completely flips and it goes to someone else instead. Like, um, is the stuff like that being said, is it like a a sell? Like, do they sell you on things? Is that how it is? I think, I think there are some programs out there. I'm just going to be honest here. I think there are some programs out there that sell you, um, it's like a salesman's job, you know, like yeah. you're, I'm just selling you the best parts of my program, the best parts of me, the best parts of that university, you know? Um, and I'm just going to sell it to you because as an athlete coming out of high school, I'm sure that you haven't done your research on me or my school, because guess what? A lot of other colleges are reaching out to you, you know, and I'm, I'm sure maybe some people aren't really involved within your journey. Like you think they are, you know, so yeah. it's better for me. And I have a, 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 an advantage of selling it to you because you don't really know the truth. So you're going to believe everything that I say. Um, and so I think what athletes need to do is take accountability for themselves and responsibility and, and research these schools. You know, everything that these coaches are saying, research them and see if they're true and then ask them challenging questions that will get the, the coaches to think, you know, and, and, and get some answers. And a lot of athletes don't really create that dialogue. They don't really have that dialogue with coaches. Yeah. It'll, it'll be coaches just talking to them, asking them questions. And then athletes are sitting on the phone like, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, not really creating that conversation to get to know more. And if you don't have that dialogue or that conversation, you won't get to know more. Or if yeah. you don't ask questions, you don't get to know anything. Um, and so I always encourage athletes to ask as many questions as they can, get to know the schools that are recruiting them, and then ask the difficult questions, you know. Like, what is your culture like, you know? There's so many people you're recruiting within my, uh, my position who are these people? You know, yeah. what position do you see me playing when I get there? Because sometimes athletes get recruited in one position, but don't really end up playing that position. Um, just because high school is different, you know, high school, there's not a lot. You're probably the best, you know, athlete at your high school. So you're yeah. probably playing a different position than what you would play in college, you know. Um, and then ask, what, what is your coaching style? You know, how do you see me fitting in within your system? What is your current need on the team? You know, um, are there any other positions, people playing my position currently in college? When are they graduating? You know, um, you've seen me play a couple of times. What do you think my strengths and weaknesses are? Just mm-hmm. questions to have them answer what they think of you besides what they've seen, you know? Yeah, those are, I think those are really good questions. I think that's, that's amazing that you're getting this message out there too. I, like you said, I don't think a lot of, a lot of people don't understand that uh, or like think about asking those questions. Um, and like you said, it could be that they're also like, you know, I mentioned it, like they could be salesmen and that's great that you're trying to get the point across. Cause I, I think, you know, sometimes basketball might not always be there too. So you have to also focus on your education. How well the school is going right. to be in education as well too. And like, I think that is great that there's someone out there like yourself that's driving this message across these kids. I think, you know, it'd be, it'd be awesome if like, I don't know, like you 
should you need to like go talk to other people and stuff like that like because it's like it's it's just awesome that you're doing this because I think there needs to be more guidance like this from I'm not sure if other athletes are doing this but like needs to be more guidance like this for like people like kids need to know athletes need to know Mm -hmm. that like this is not it's just not all gonna be you're still not going into the fandom unless you're like the number one recruit in the nation, like, or like top 10 right. or 20 like that. If you're like right. a top 50 prospect and above, it's not going to be all glamor. You know, you got to find a system right. that's going to work for you that could help you out on down the line. But I love it. I think that's amazing. <laughs> I'm actually buying the book right now. So as we speak, because <laughs> uh, you know, it, you just like, uh, I think you just have a great position and um, a good heart to try to help kids out in that situation. Yeah, I mean, I'm really passionate about this. Um, just because looking back at my own, you know, my own journey, I would have wished someone was there to help guide me throughout the mm-hmm. whole process. So I would have made, you know, better decisions. And I think, you know, a lot of we're spitting, we're spitting athletes into the system. And then mm-hmm. we're spitting a lot of athletes out of the system with nothing, you know, yeah. um, you know, we're and we're just communicating this free scholarship, free scholarship, but a lot of people, a lot of athletes are not taking advantage of the scholarship because the people um, that provide them don't really care too much to guide these athletes, you know, and yeah. groom them to be the best versions of themselves once they graduate. And um, I think a lot of us as athletes need to, you know, use our voices a little bit more to help other people and guide other people because there's tons of us that have already graduated that have been through the system and know how it is, you know? Yeah, yeah, So it doesn't take much to to help the next athlete to make sure that their experience, you know, is, is, you know, a good one and a healthy one. Um, And I'm just really passionate, especially about the educational aspect of it um, because a, a lot of athletes just think that they're going pro and, I don't think they've realized, even even though the numbers are out there, they're you know they're out there and you can Google it. Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people have realized it and internalized that that number is really low considering the amount of athletes that get recruited every year and get offered scholarships. You know? Yeah, it's it's crazy. I think it's like about what they say it's like one percent that like out of like yeah one two percent yeah go pro. Mm-hmm. That's it's wild and and it's wild and I don't think kids. I know everyone thinks it's going to happen to them, but sometimes you. I don't know. You have to realize about the education. I think a good example too, is like you speak of the education, I think a guy, I don't know if he has shared the story. I just know because the insiders from like the other coaches is Chris Dunn. The only reason why he really, he was, he was committed to Fairfield uh, university with Ed Cooley. He only, and he stuck with him. The only reason why he stuck with him because Ed Cooley was the only guy that who recruited him to talk about education out of like Calipari and like uh, uh, other guy, like coach guy, like he was a top, top, 10 point like top 10 recruit and he was he went because of education so like I right. wish like you'd share that story like maybe he does I don't know um what mm-hmm. what he does uh but like that it's interesting too because I think everyone's trying to look at the other aspect of like I'm getting my degree and I'm going straight to the league or something like that right right yeah, yeah. but you you do a wonderful job uh, I mean you're a great speaker and you can tell you're super passionate about this uh, topic just by you talking about it. Um, I have to, I'll have to figure out a way for you to speak to some players that I'll be working with and stuff like that. Cause I think you'd be your hell of a motivator in a sense too. And it'd be good if for kids who are getting recruited to get your pr- perspective as well. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for those kind words. Um, 
it always means a lot, you know, when people say that, um, because it is something that I'm passionate about and something that I care about. And, you know, when you care about something and you, you know, you know that it's your purpose and it was in your purpose, you do everything you can to accomplish it, you know, um, and do it right. So thank you so much for, for that. Yeah, of course. And and have you, and as it's going to be like, have you thought of like starting like a like a a nonprofit to kind of like help like be like a recruiter's guide or something like that I don't know like it is so crazy that you mentioned that really crazy yes it's super crazy because it was was it uh, two days ago um I was I've always wanted to do this but I didn't know how to do it right like right now you know I wrote the book to try and help guide athletes okay that was number one um, I speak out a lot, you know, on um, Twitter. I tweet a lot, you know, put my thoughts out there. Number two, I connect with a lot of athletes via social media that might need guidance, help, whatever it is. But then I was like, I think I need to do more to reach more to reach more athletes that might be struggling out there. And uh, just the other day, actually, I was like, how how do nonprofits work? Because I already have a name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I have already have a name for my nonprofit. Um, but it's just the, how does it work and how would I be able to, through my nonprofit, how would I, how would I be able to help these athletes? I think it's the, you know, the, the, you know, the season I'm in right now and trying to figure it out. Yeah. Um, but it's so crazy. You said that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just, it, it just came to my mind to be honest with you. Cause it just sounds like you'd be like, per, it'd be like a perfect organization to like, you know, like have like a, other athletes and have kids go like go meet these people on these recruiting trips and like sit with them and like make sure they're asking the right questions or prep them for this right. like it's like almost yeah. prepping someone for like an inter- a job interview but like prepping them for like an interview with uh, a college right <laughs> yeah 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 definitely I've thought about it I was just you should definitely just... do it you should definitely do it <laughs> I honestly would like you know I Wish if I won the lottery, I'd donate right away and give you a code. But <laughs> if well, I could thank help, you for that. <laughs> yeah, of course. And if I could help in any way, let me know. I I have I've had to spoken to someone before. This is a, I have spoken to someone before about a nonprofit. Um, mm-hmm. but they were they were more saying go through like the YMCA or something like that. But it was a different idea for like a nonprofit. But yeah, mm-hmm. you should you should definitely look into it. See if there's anyone on LinkedIn you could speak with or like find someone because you'd be it'd be awesome if you could get that going I think it would be a big big nonprofit around the world yeah I definitely look into that and we will definitely talk after the podcast yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah definitely yeah Yeah. thanks for the encouragement of course yeah of course I mean Mm -hmm. just hearing you talk about and what you're passionate about you should definitely go after it and uh, achieve those goals um but that's everything that I have today. That's all my questions. Uh, if there's any questions for me or anything like that before we wrap it up? Um, yeah, I kind of want to know um, how you got the idea and the vision to start this podcast and what your purpose is, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so the, the idea was because I'm originally I'm an accountant um, as like my as my fault. Well, not right now because of COVID, but um, mm-hmm. I was an accountant and I was studying for my CPA and I kind of like I've been a basketball coach for like 10, 10 years now. Um, and like been training kids too on the side for like another four or five. Um, but the idea was to just start something that kind of get my mind off of it. Um, and then I started speaking, like get my mind off accounting and get back into mm-hmm. the sports world. Cause I had to like take a break, like had to stop because I was doing all the accounting was taking up all my time. So, so I wanted mm-hmm. to get back into the sports world. So, I, and I always was listening to the radio. I was like, you know, I want to, 
I think I could do this. I guess I think I could start a podcast. Um, and I, it started with just like speaking to like press people about the NBA and stuff like that, the draft. And then I got an athlete on, um, Akeem Springs and, um, another athlete too, Stan Robinson, both guys who played college and, uh, pro ball players. And they were telling me their stories about like the obstacles that they kind of went through. And I kind of mm-hmm. was like, I like, I like this. I like hearing this. And I got a lot of like good feedback about it. So that was the way I wanted to go because I wanted to hear, um, I wanted like kids to understand that it's just not all guts and glory. Like, you know, it's just not all glory. There's a lot of like, you have to put in the hard work and, um, you're going to come out, you're going to have to face a lot of obstacles and like injuries and like try to figure out how to get through those. And like, um, so that's when it started rolling that way, just speaking with athletes and kind of getting their perspective and like mm-hmm. understanding though some of it's not always like that. Um, I speak with like people that own businesses and stuff like that, but um, a lot of it sometimes is just like speaking with athletes and how they got the career started and where they, how they ended up to where they are and like how much hard work they put into it. So that's awesome. Yeah. 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 And yours, yours <laughs> is like a perfect, perfect fit for the podcast too, because it's like, <laughs> even more so now with like of what you're speaking about. Cause I try to like target, <clears throat> I try to target audience of like high school and college, like players that I've coached or like kids like that. Um, my nephew mm-hmm. listens a lot out there. Shout out to my nephew. Um, he's been <laughs> <laughs> talking to me all day, but um, he, yeah. So that's, that's, that's where it kind of got started and it's kind of steamrolled into a good thing. Cause I don't think there's a lot of guys that, and people I don't think I'd ever think I'd be speaking to in my life. And like, mm-hmm. there's more, more like higher level guys coming up <clears throat> in the future too, that I will be having on, which is kind of, kind of crazy too. So it's been, it's been a cool journey and, you know, hopefully try to take it to another level one day. That's awesome. Well, much luck to that, to you with that. Yeah. Sure. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> much needed. Yeah. Much needed. It's been, there's been some frustrations on it. I'm like, God, damn it some of the stuff but <laughs> but it's good it's good it's a lot of fun I have fun with it and I love the connections that I make I, I'm like I'm just a big people person too um mm-hmm. and I think sometimes accountants are like known for being like these guys that sit in the corner and just oh my gosh I was thinking that like yeah. you're just in your own little cubicle doing your work you yeah know, don't talk to nobody yeah exactly which is true sometimes because I, I like at work I get like that but I love talking to people I love hearing people's stories and like creating conversation and uh so that's kind of helped me too like um my mentally too like kind of helped me like be like this I can like yeah I still can talk to people and like have this but it was also like stories too give me more like motivation to hear people too I'm like I gotta get I gotta get this out like I I gotta keep working hard keep grinding these guys are grinding I gotta be grinding out there so (laughs) it's good yeah yeah but yeah that's that's pretty much how it all started and kind of steamrolled so great story yeah That's yeah amazing. it's pretty it's pretty interesting it's been a lot of fun so um this has been fun i i really appreciate your time and um coming on the show and um i love that i love how passionate you are and like i hope that you can get that nonprofit organization because the, the world needs more people like you oh thank you that means a lot to me thank you so much for yeah. having me on <laughs> of course <laughs> it was yeah. an honor and a pleasure <laughs> yeah it was a lot of fun and then um but yeah, we'll definitely connect soon and then uh, we'll, we'll uh, have to figure something else with things open back up. Awesome. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Well, you have a good one and uh, be safe. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.